Hello, my pancake peeps, my bacon brigade. Before the show starts, take a second to subscribe and leave a review, share with some friends. And while you're listening, make sure you check out the breakfast store with so much amazing merchandise at breakfast.com. People of Earth, if you can hear my voice, you have arrived at another episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope. I am your host, Brent Pope. My guest today is the fabulous singer, Nina Baumer, best known for appearing on The Voice Australia. So we've got to talk about that. And we are all in for a treat because I had to beg and plead and pull strings. But we are going to hear a clip of her new single, Breakdown Baby, the first time it will be heard on any podcast. Take that, every other podcast. And that is definitely not all. We had breakfast from Nesmond Cafe, and it was très, très, très bon. So get ready for some French food talk. We are going to break it down today, baby, because we have Nina Baumer today on Breakfast. Pick it up. Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. <laughs> I could go on a Hallmark card. My uh, guest today. Oh, I'm going to need to hear all about that. I didn't need any extra sausage. Yeah, it's character to my crew. <laughs> Is a goat pit a real thing? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food, too. I'm always playing blue-collar guys. Breakfast. Let me screw through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. I love a crawler. All my uncles got the gout. Jalapeno slash cheddar waffles. Who doesn't love that? It's Breakfast time. Breakfast. The only show where bacon, pancakes, Hollywood. I'm your host, Brent Pope. Nina Baumer, welcome to Breakfast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. I'm super excited. And Excellent. wow, what an introduction. Can you do all my introductions? Uh, I can, yes. Wow. I really enjoyed that. I was like, wow. Excellent. I'm, I'm ready for a show now. <laughs> Maybe I should do that. Maybe I should just have a motivational speech to myself as my alarm clock. That would be pretty I think great. so. You know, like, good morning. Like, I really need that in yeah. my life. So I really enjoyed that. Thank you. Thanks so much it's- for having me on. Nice. Excellent. It's Wednesday. Get up, Brent, and you're going to have a great day. Yeah. Day on life. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, you are not in studio because you are out of town. You had a show last night. I did. I did. Um, and I'm, I'm curious, you know, we haven't had too many live shows. Those are starting to come back since the pandemic. What was that like? You know, it was... Um, It was, I don't have words because it was quite surreal to be performing again. Um, I, I just, I'm such a sucker for being on stage and I thrive in that environment and I absolutely love audiences and playing with live musicians. And it was just such a wonderful time to be up there again and interacting with, you know, like the audience and, and the band. And it was, it was a really amazing time. I did have to say, I was like, Oh, these are the nerves again. You know, like, please don't forget the lyrics. (laughs) But, um, no, it was such a great time. I'm just, I'm very excited, uh, to be back doing live music. Cause I think for a year, you know, I was kind of like every musician was like, what are we doing? You know, and of, of course, you know, you're still writing music and everything, but, um, that's definitely a big part of my life that was missing and and it kind of solidified, okay, yeah, I need to be here, you know. After a year of having a break, I was like, no, nah, this is what I got to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'm glad. Look, as as much as I love to go to concerts and I love to – it's got to be – and I'm yearning to go to concerts. It's got to be 10 times as much for the actual – the musicians doing the shows, yeah. I would think. Because that's – absolutely you know, you're, you're part of your therapy and your, uh, how do you express yourself and all, all these things, you know, for, for, for a lot of musicians. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm glad you got to get that out there and, uh, hopefully th- there'll be more to come, you know? Yeah, I, I hope so too. I mean, I think live music is back. I mean, yeah. I definitely got some feedback on from my Instagram and stuff. Um, 
you know, some people that are in Europe and India and they were like, oh my gosh, we don't have live music yet. And I'm yeah. just, I'm very excited for not just musicians, but for audiences to be able to, you know, ex- have that experience again, because it is, as you said, it's therapy for me as the performance is therapy for the audience. And there's just not like, there's nothing like live music you know yeah i don't know why i find myself like every time i go out and do something that i haven't done for a while i keep hearing that like gloria estefan song coming out of the dark <laughs> like yeah <laughs> oh i'm going to eat at a restaurant coming out of the dark yeah oh. <laughs> absolutely absolutely that's exactly how i felt i was like oh wow okay and even doing my makeup i was like all right we back baby <laughs> nice nice well cool um yeah, I bet the crowds are just crazy right now, too, because they're just like so ready to 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 listen yeah. to live music. Yeah, you know, everyone was really supportive and everyone was just, you know, like, thank you for performing and thank you for being here. And I was like, thank you for coming. You know, without you guys, we can't do what we do. Um, so I, I'm very curious to see how festivals go uh, coming up this year, because as you said, like people are just, people are hungry for, for that experience and live music and to be drawn into something else other than their house, you know? So I, I'm very curious as to see, I think, I honestly think it's going to be quite harmonious because people just want to go back to that, that life, you know? Right. I know, uh, Tressa and I, like one of the things we were going to do before this happened was like, Oh, we, we were going to get tickets to go see postmodern jukebox, which I, you know, I love their music. It's yeah. really cool. Uh, and now we're like, okay, well now we're going to make up for lost time because <laughs> I think they're coming in like November or something like yeah. that. So, yeah. Yeah. So everyone's absolutely. looking forward to that. Um, so Nina Baumer, you're in Los Angeles now, not now, now you're out of town. What, what city yeah. are you in right now? I'm in Newport at the moment. Um, oh, cause Newport I had the Beach. show yesterday. And I was nice. like, oh, let's just, we have good friends down here. So Very I was like, cool. you know what? Let me take a vacation. <laughs> it's a nice spot to hang out in Newport yeah. if you're going to be out of town. Yeah. yeah. So you so you live in Los Angeles now. Where did you spend your growing up years? So I, so I'll give you the full story, you yeah. know? Um, so I was born in Chicago um, and then my parents wanted to, they had lived in Australia beforehand, but my sister was starting high school and we traveled, traveled around the States for I think it was a almost a year um and my parents were kind of like we need to you know settle down somewhere and we went to Australia and I grew up in a small town called Mwoolomba uh and I lived there until I was 18 and then I moved to Boston and then I moved to LA but I yeah I grew up in a small town called (laughs) Mwoolomba wow well I noticed that you know, even though you lived in Australia for a long time, you still have a really thick Chicago accent. A Chicago accent? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was no, like, I, what? <laughs> I don't hear it at all. I don't hear a Chicago accent at all. Actually, yeah, I do hear the Australian accent. Oh, I, I was like, are we are we speaking to the same people here? <laughs> no, no, no. It's interesting because when you said like you were, you lived in Chicago for a bit, I was like, well, let me listen and see if there's any Chicago. There's not. No, absolutely no. not. My parents, my dad's Swiss and my mom's Austrian. So if anything, there's probably like... I don't know, some words that they would say that might come through, but uh, yeah, no, no American Chicago accent, unfortunately. Yeah. No, no, that's, that's not, look, I love Chicago. It's a wonderful city. I love their museum. I love the food. The accent's not great. Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, no one. <laughs> Anyone from Chicago listening to this, we still love you. <laughs> no, I'm just saying if, if, what I'm saying is. No, I get you. Between two accents, the Australian accent or the Chicago accent. I think I would take the Australian accent. You know, Thank you. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> 
So you kind of buried the lead a little bit too. You said, oh, I just spent some time in Boston. You went to the Berkeley School of Music in Boston, yeah, right? Is that not yeah. one of the most famous schools of music in the world? Yes, it is. It is. How was your experience there? It was great. Um, I I loved going to Berkeley College of Music. I, to be quite honest, had no idea what I was getting myself into, as as I usually do. Uh, <laughs> I'm just a very all right. Cool, this opportunity came. Like, let's look into it, and then we'll we'll go for it. But um, I I was applying to schools when I was in Australia, and I knew I just I needed to see the world. Like, I, I'm an American citizen. So I wanted to see uh, the US and I got a scholarship for Berklee College of Music and going there was so eye-opening because I had never in my life been surrounded by so many talented musicians, one. And also I was one of the few singers in Mwoolomba and then to be surrounded by almost like 300 singers at one time was just insane because, I mean, I think a lot of people get overwhelmed in their first year, but for me, it was just such a great learning experience. And it was, it was the first time that I really was able to appreciate music in a different way because I learned what music was from a theory perspective. And I was always trained classically, but still when you, when you look at the notes and you look at chords and understanding why a sound is the way a sound. Berkeley was incredible for teaching uh, the theory behind music. Uh, I I have met some of my best friends and most of my friends uh, from Berkeley. And I have to say the first year was definitely tough because it was just so eye-opening in the sense of theory and hard work and it, you know, it's not like a normal school. It's not like what we see in the movies in Australia when you when you come to America and it's sororities and frats and that's what all my Australian friends thought I was going to do. And Berkeley's not like that at all. I mean, you have nine classes and then for me, I was writing an EP and trying to really push myself. So then I was in the studios from like 12 to 4 a.m. and then like 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. And then when you're not in the studio, you have a gig somewhere. And it was insane. Like I definitely didn't sleep for three years, but (laughs) (laughs) I, I really, really loved Berkeley College of Music. This is what I need to know about the Berkeley college student scene, all right? Because there's a whole thing. I could see it being either way. If you have a party at Berkeley, right, or on campus or somewhere close to campus, is mm-hmm. every guy the guy that brings the guitar to the party? Or is nobody the guy that brings the, the guitar to the party because everyone's like, well, I don't, you know, we're all musicians, so I'm not going to be that guy that brings the guitar to the party. Um, I would say it's a little bit of both. I think it depends on the parties. Um, I would say there's always good music. That's for sure. You never have a, you never have like a playlist that is terrible. And it's also kind of different types of music in the sense that one time it's EDM and then you're listening to some jazz thing later in the night, or then you're listening to rock because everyone has just such a different preference. But I wouldn't say that many times the guitars got pulled out unless it was like an underground show. But I do have to also be quite honest in the sense that I wasn't always around the Berkeley crowd and I didn't really yeah. party a lot. Like I, my first year I was studying like crazy because I didn't know what I was doing, to be quite honest. Like it was just so new to me. And then my second year I took on two, three jobs, uh, one as a wedding singer, one as a club singer, one working for Red Bull <laughs> and then going to school as well. And then my third year I got into nightlife and I started exploring the gig scene there and 
And so I, I didn't get the, the call. I mean, not that I didn't get, that was my choice, but I didn't do a lot of the, the Berkeley parties, but from what I've right. heard, uh, it was definitely like the Berkeley kids just like to get down, have, have a good time, drink and socialize and just listen to good music rather than yeah. people showing off their talents, you know? Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you had your kind of like side job being a wedding singer. I want to mm -hmm. know what's the what's the best thing that ever happened at a wedding singer gig? And what's the worst thing that ever happened? Because <laughs> oh, it gosh, seems like you... some weird things could happen being a wedding singer. You know? yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, I have to say the food that you get as a wedding singer can either be the best thing of the week or it's the yeah. most atrocious thing. It was usually like rice and chicken and you're like, mm -hmm. <laughs> great. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it wasn't good chicken. It was like, I don't know, it was just gross chicken. But um, I think the best thing was for me seeing how happy people were. And I don't have one wedding that was my absolute favorite, but I yeah. definitely remember the weddings that, everybody just had a great time the families were in full support um it was beautiful the couple's beautiful and everyone's just down to because you know the band's there to entertain and I knew that I did a good job if I walked away absolutely sweaty and the bride and the groom came up to me and they were like you made this you know you and the band made this night absolutely forgettable and that's when you know you did a great job but yeah. Oh, there's there's also some terrible weddings, but I I love weddings. I think it I, I it was a great experience for me. Yeah, interesting. That it sounds like you know I've seen the movie The Wedding Singer, and like that's a very stylized version of it. I think and exaggerated, but it is yeah. interesting that to tell for you to tell some things. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I think we've made everyone wait long enough. We promised that we're going to get a clip of the new single "Breakdown Baby" by mm -hmm. Nina Baumer. First time on any podcast any in podcast. the world. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, anything you want to tell me before we, uh, to intro the song or should, should we just play the clip? I think this song was definitely, this song was an unexpected song. It took so many unexpected turns and it's the one on my EP that is very different. I took a different image stance. I took a different vocal stance. I took a very different musical stance. So just enjoy and uh, play your best air guitar while you're listening to this song. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> In his brand new Chevrolet, cruising down with 88, got me high in every way. I, 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 I don't want to hit the brakes. I'm the fast-paced kind of chase. I'm a big mistake. Breakdown, baby. If where if they want to listen to the entire song, where where do they need to go to listen to the whole thing? Because they're going to want to now. Of We've course. quenched their thirst. We've of quenched course. it. Yes, it is on all the streaming services. So you can head to any streaming service that you prefer: Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, whatever you prefer. It's all it's all there. <laughs> nice. 
And I said we they we quenched their thirst. We didn't quench their thirst. We made them thirsty for the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Let's get it right, Brent. Yes, I like that. I like their that. interest. <laughs> I like that. Well, it sounds great. I love the opening. Uh, the it comes in real hard, you know. Yes. And, and also, you know, this is kind of a different uh, style that that I don't know that I've heard you sing yet. Yeah. No, it's definitely different. I moved in with two people that I met from Berkeley, didn't know them that well, but they ended up turning into my guitarist and my bass player. And they're very heavily influenced by rock and indie music. And, you know, living with them during the pandemic, I was obviously exposed to a lot of the music that they listened to. And I, I've mostly written for pop and, and sync and dabbled into a little bit of K-pop, but I've always grown up on contemporary music and rock. Like I was listening to Tina Turner. I was listening to Deep Purple, uh, Led Zeppelin and when I first started writing this song it was actually it was like to a trap beat I don't know we oh, weren't even writing yeah. it for me and then I got together with the songwriter and a different producer and I looked at I looked at the other Carla her name is she's wonderful I looked at her I was like yeah so I've kind of got this this just I've been listening to like Upsal and Nothing But Thieves and I'm just feeling a little grungy you know like I'm locked down I'm just kind of irritated and I just want to write rock music (laughs) Uh and uh so yeah we ended up writing Breakdown Baby which definitely took a turn but I would say the whole point of this EP is I'm a very versatile artist I would say and it's hard for me to stick to one box as much as everything I do is pop uh is threaded by pop I would say I just have a lot of different interests when it comes to music and I definitely wanted to just try out you know just play with the idea of maybe we could put a heavy rock riff on this and see how it goes and what what are the boundaries of my voice what can my voice do what how can we change the songwriting from like a a typical verse chorus verse chorus bridge to something completely different so this song I very much played with and I am really happy with the results it might not be everyone's cup of tea and that's completely fine I mean that's why I make music it's for me but it's also for everyone else and yeah I'm just really excited to put this song out and see how it goes it's kind of a test for me I've always been told to go into rock so I don't know maybe maybe it's something that launches maybe it's something that flops I have no idea Uh, (laughs) look you want my opinion, which uh, I'm going to give anyway. Yeah, uh, please. <laughs> I I I think I think your voice sounds really cool with the, the, the with the, kind of the rock flavor to it. You know, thank you. I I really enjoyed it, and I like the little edginess to it. Thank um, you. It's I you know it's it's it is hard, like you said, as any type of performer to like if you have many different types of styles you can do. Where do you go? You know. Mm. So I, I'm glad that you're kind of trying different things out, and that's. To me, it sounds cool. And, you know, it might not be some people's cup of tea if they don't like good things. Oh, That's what thank I would you. If they don't like good tea, right? Yeah. <laughs> if, they, if, they, if they love bad tea, they might not like this That's song. That's so funny. You know? I love that. I love that. <laughs> but, yeah, so I, I think it's interesting. And, like, yeah, everybody check it out and listen to thank it you. over and over. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. The first thing you were kind of known for was uh, the voice Australia. 
which yeah. um, I, you know, I, of course, I, I probably watched like the first four seasons of The Voice in the United States. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when, when, uh, when I found out you were going to be on the show, I was checking out, I tried all the footage I could from The Voice Australia. And I don't know who I thought was going to be the judges, but the judges there were like huge huge musicians like yeah yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Rick, ricky martin I love you had ricky. the the madden brothers uh yep. joel and benji right from good charlotte yeah you had jesse J was one of the mm-hmm. judges correct and then you had delta goodrum who i did not know before and i do now and yeah she's fabulous yep she's amazing um so was was there a crazy audition process before we even saw you on the blind audition on tv or how did that go down yeah, so for me it was a little different because I I was involved with the talent talent development program while I was how old was I? So I was on the voice when I was 17. So I, they actually scouted me and they asked me to audition and they were like oh, we cool. think you'd be great for this show, like you should audition. And I was 17 and I was in my last year of school and I was like, oh, whatever. Like let's try it out. I don't particularly want to win, but I would just like to see what tv is like as well you know as i said i always just whatever it's an opportunity let's check it out (laughs) and so i went on the show and definitely the audition process was i had to audition i went to brisbane to audition and then in person and then i went back again to clarify the song and just confirm like run of show and then i went to sydney for i think it was four days or three days or something and it was all pre-filming, you know, the interview and all the hype around who I am and all of, you know, my mum was filmed, which was hilarious because she'd never been on TV like that. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so it was interesting though because obviously when you look at edits, they they edit it to like, oh, it was this, the sixth day that she got on. And I was like, no, I was actually the first one on for the season. So I was the first one through because I was on the first day. Um, so I, I'm very grateful because I feel like the judges were in kind of a good mood at that yeah. point. Um, but yeah, it was it was a crazy emotional roller coaster. I don't think I'd ever do it again as a contestant, but I would definitely love to either be a judge on a show like that or be a host. But it was it was a fantastic experience to have. I'm I'm glad I did it then because I was 17. I was young enough to be a bit of a sponge to how TV works and. A lot of, you know, like the not the blind audition but the battle, it was all for TV in the sense of like, oh, I didn't get through, but then that save was such a huge TV moment at, for that year of The Voice that they just replayed that constantly. And I think I was I became known for that because Australia decided that I should have won and nothing yeah. against Nicholas because he's a fantastic person and great voice, but um, Australia had decided that I was going to win and then, oh my gosh, she got saved, and <laughs> it was all for TV. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it was cool. So you went up against uh, another seventeen-year-old named uh, Nicholas yeah. Dickman, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. And you're saying he's like a lovely guy. Yeah, he's lovely. I, oh, I honestly, you know what's funny? I think they didn't. I think the producers were a bit frustrated with me because I'm not a competitive person. I'm a yeah. very inclusive. Everyone's doing their thing, and they kept trying to be like, so like, you know, who's your biggest competition? I'm like. I don't know. I just think we're all here to have a good time and play some music. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, look, you, I'm just not competitive like that. And you're both 17. Is like, do you really either one of you really want to go at the other person? I mean, you're both music. That's the thing is like, it's a weird thing about those music competition shows because music is a collaborative process. Yeah, absolutely. And then to have them, you know, not make you, but like, be like, whoa, really yeah. kind of want you to have some friction is like you know uh goes against the creative process in many ways yeah i mean i totally get it like it's a show of course you've got to have that that tension and that friction and of course we played into it a little bit but i for me it just proved to me that okay i don't want to be on a show as a contestant this isn't the route that i'm going to go i definitely right. it, it it proved my love for television i'd never really experienced that before and i love television i love hosting i would love to be on television in some some sort of aspect um but I'm glad I had the experience for sure because it it then came up when I was 20 and 21 and 22 and it just wasn't the right time to do it and it taught me a lot about balance and and how to stay humble because I mean I was filming three to four times during the week I'd go back to a hotel you know you'd be on set from 5 a.m to maybe like 5 p.m when I turned 18, my mom didn't have to come with me anymore. So then I go back to hotel by myself and then um, I jumped to another show in Sydney, but then I would go home, go back to my classroom, take my exams. And then on the weekend I was managing a restaurant. So oh, wow. it, it told me, it taught me so much about how to be humble. And although you're on television, like you're just a normal person at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. And even if I do get to that point where I'm a huge celebrity, I, that's something I will never, ever forget is like, don't forget where you came from. You were on television two days ago, sure, but you were also cleaning dishes the next day. And right. It's right. important. It's so yeah, important. Absolutely. I It had to be um, interesting once the, the shows started airing, though, and like mm. people like people, just random people on the street probably recognize you. Yeah, <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was cool though. It's it's something I've yeah. always wanted, so it was yeah, it was yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah. Um. So, uh, look, if you guys haven't, if you're you know here in the United St- in the United States like I am, you know, you look up uh, Nina Baumer. It's 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 fantastic drama because yeah. <laughs> there is a thing when you go up against Nicholas, and then you know, like you said, there's a save which they have on the voice in the United States, there's a, you know, you, maybe you don't win the battle, but then somebody, one of the other judges saves you and mm-hmm. brings you back into the competition and they let you walk completely off the stage. I mean, I you were, so you were halfway in the car, right? You, <laughs> car <laughs> yeah. keys in the ignition. Like, Oh no, it's like, I'm done for. <laughs> that was great drama though. I'll say good job Thank producers you. on creating Thank the you. drama and right. Nina for being part of that, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the funny thing was they had no idea, but they came up to me after. They're like, "Wow, that was a great TV moment." I was like, "My heart is still beating like crazy." Like, yeah, you I, took an emotional roller coaster, but yes, you guys took two years off my life, but yeah, I'm mm-hmm. glad you got your drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, well, thanks for sharing that experience with it. it has to, yeah. it's, uh, I don't, I don't know that I know too many people that have been, you know, in in a on a giant competition show like that and so it's 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 cool to hear uh yeah how absolutely. your experience was before we go any further mm-hmm. we had breakfast from the nesmon cafe in sherman oaks oh my gosh i know i felt like i was sitting in the shadow of the eiffel tower i know uh, me too <laughs> it was so french and fancy but still charming you know yes. that's, that's how this place was kind yes. of yes and we both decided that since it was a french place we were going to get crepes crepes makes sense to me 
I don't even know what a good crepe is. I'll eat one and I'll say like, that's good. But I was like, is that really what a crepe is? You know, I, you know what I mean? Cause it could be, I go to, have you been to, to Paris and, and France I have, and yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So how authentic is this place as far as crepes? Is it, is it Americanized or is it pretty close to what you would get in, in I, Paris? You know, I, uh, I wouldn't know exactly cause I'm not French. So yeah, right, 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 I right, wouldn't yeah. know exactly what makes a fantastic crepe. I couldn't okay. tell you, but I think it definitely comes down to the batter and, and the consistency of the batter. Like it should mm-hmm. be slightly thinner. Um, yes. and I thought, I thought this crepe was great. I think maybe it was a little Americanized. I have no idea. Yeah. So I'm not going to speak to it, but for me and my taste buds, it was wonderful. And I haven't oh, had a crepe in yes. a while. I mm-hmm. also tried to make crepes and it's actually really hard. So <laughs> I've seen them try to make crepes on, I think like the great British bake off and stuff like that. And it looks mm-hmm. real hard to make. I think them. they have to be quite see-through. Like you should be able to yep. almost see through them. So yeah. I think that's that. And I think traditionally they're eaten with, they're eaten with lemon, sugar, and maybe that's it, and, and Nutella on a different one. So mm. I might be talking absolute hogglepuff, but that's what I know from living with a French French guy and uh, <laughs> going um, to Paris once. <laughs> I've never heard the word hogglepuff, but I'm going to use it all the time now. Okay, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. You can name this. You can title this podcast Hogglepuff with Nina. <laughs> you think I won't? No. <laughs> or talking Hogglepuff with Nina. <laughs> Uh, okay, so the uh, remind me the what was the crepe that you had? I had a goat cheese. I don't remember the title of it. Okay, I had I, a goat I, goat cheese, sun dried tomato, and spinach. Yes, that was the. I wrote it down. The yeah. de chevre. De chevre. Yeah. I hope I'm saying it saying it correctly. So good. So reasonably good. close. Um, yeah, uh, you let me have a bite of it. it that that goat cheese was. Oh, Real rich and delicious. free and go cheese. You just can't go past it. What yeah, did you have? True. I had the crepe maison, which was mm. uh, smoked salmon, salmon, eggs, creme fraiche, and chives. Mm. Mm. Oh, um, making me hungry. <laughs> I know. I am getting super hungry just talking about this. You know, yeah. the, we both thought about getting the the what is it called? Il Il de France. I L E. I don't know how you say it. Um, Il de France. Il de France. <laughs> uh, yeah. Brie, smoked pepper, spinach, sun dried tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were, you know, I mean, I think I had coffee. Did you have a, uh, some kind of coffee? I had a latte. Yes. You had a latte. Yeah. Okay. That was my saving grace latte that morning. I do have to say I was so incredibly sleepy and then yeah. I got the latte and I was like, I'm awake. Let's do this. <laughs> well, it, it was a little bit of a, you know, feel like uh, I, I didn't feel like I was in LA for a little bit, you know, that's, yeah. that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. It, uh, if you're looking for a place in, in the Valley on Ventura, Nesmon is an amazing cafe. The vibe is fantastic. The food is fantastic. Coffee, which is a big deal, was also fantastic. So I highly recommend it. Yes. And, uh, I do too. And it's, you know, and it, for getting crepes, it wasn't that expensive. You know, I think we were, they were no, like I 13 bucks, price... something like that. It's, it's Yeah. Which um, I think for breakfast is pretty standard. Well, thank you for joining me in person for breakfast. One of the first ones I've had in person and gosh, so long. I'm grateful that we got to have that meal together and I'm, and I'm happy that things are kind of opening up. I yeah. you know, we see a little bit of the light and hopefully we can continue to make progress and, uh, get things back to normal as soon yep. as I can. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Before we get out of here, I need to get three quick recommendations from Nina Baumer. What is the hidden gem show or movie that you love that people may not know? So I actually don't watch a show or movie, but I have a tendency to deep dive into 
the realms of K-pop on YouTube. And I just find it fascinating from a standpoint of performance and music and songwriting, which often is written by, you know, people in America or Australia. Um, but I just find it so, so fascinating. So that's probably my hidden gem. <laughs> Excellent. You know, it, it's so weird because I think uh, my wife says she goes like sometimes she gets her hair done at, at, at a place where most of the workers are Korean and they just like they just I mean, for years, this is not a new thing for them. They've had these K-pop stars on there for years and just mm -hmm. like go crazy. for them. And then, you know, it becomes a thing in America, you know, and of course, BTS is like the big. Uh, yeah. The biggest one that everyone knows, but those guys are all so they're all just such good dancers and they're also they're kind of like pretty guys, too. You know, they're like, <laughs> yeah, well, it's a completely different culture. And yeah. I think I fell in love with that culture when I went to Japan for a week and it was insane to me. It was just such a culture shock and difference. And I fell in love with it just from a fashion standpoint, technology, music. It was just so different to anything I'd ever experienced before. And now I just have such a respect for it because it's not. I think sometimes performance, and I'm speaking from a traditional standpoint because I grew up as a performer, but I think sometimes performance is taken lightly and we often forget that it is a skill that is be part of being an artist. You know, it's, a, it's important to understand how to stand on stage and how to sing your song and tell your story. And, and so much of K-pop is, is the experience of the show and the hype around the choreography and how perfect everything is. And I'm just so captivated by it. It's so many hours of work that go in for these pop stars. It's unbelievable. Like they're trained since they're like 10, you yeah. know, which is just unbelievable. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's not unlike the boy band culture over here either. You know, it's slightly mm. different, but yeah, I mean, I, I, for, you know, everyone like talks about BTS and uh, I finally heard, I, I hadn't listened to a lot of their stuff, but then there was this commercial. And I was like, what is that song? That's really good. And I was like, oh, that's a BTS song. It's like, I think it's called life goes on. And yeah. then they're also like, what I love about it is they're singing mostly in Korean, but then they'll throw little phrases in like, oh, they're doing a little bit of English in here too. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So excellent. Uh, the K-pop. Yes. All right. What is the show or movie that you watch just for fun? I love Friends. I Yeah. <laughs> Friends and Gilmore Girls definitely are my, they're my narrative, I would say. I absolutely love Gilmore Girls. My mom and I lived together. My mom was a single mom when I was a teenager and definitely just Anytime I watched an episode, it somehow fit with our life story. And Friends was also just something that my family lived to, uh, something that my family watched together. And you can still just put it on, you know, you just still watch it. And it's, yep. it, I've watched probably every episode about six times, but oh, I yeah. just continuously yeah. love it. Are you excited about that reunion thing? I'm that so doing? excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'll tell you what we've, uh, you know, uh, on breakfast, we had, uh, Adria Tenner who had, uh, it was either a, a co-star or a guest star on an episode of friends, uh, oh my which it was a really, it was, I can't remember which part it was, but it was a really funny one. So, you know, if you're interested, Adria Tenner guys, if you're interested in friends, you know, go back and listen to the Adria Tenner episode. Cause she talks about being on friends. Oh my gosh. Also, I totally have to listen to that. Uh, also Sheila Kelly, who is a fabulous actor. She's on, um, the good doctor. Uh, she's on, she does, uh, this, this whole thing, uh, Call, she has a there's a documentary she's in called uh, uh strip down rise up which is about female empowerment through uh pole dancing that's a big thing oh, that's cool. like it's, it comes out in la and she's like the the one of the main people of it you know so yeah uh, but she was in this movie that i was a huge fan of 
Before You Were Born. It's called Singles. And it basically was about the grunge scene in about uh, people living in Seattle during the very beginning of the grunge scene. Right. Oh, wow. Cool. And so what's interesting about Sheila Kelly, she played this character that everyone remembers for the certain scene where she made a dating video. But it's the movie Singles is Cameron Crowe. He's a great director. Later on, they tried to make a a TV show out of uh, Singles. And the director's like, no, you're not going to do that. So basically what happened was they like they changed from Seattle to New York. Yeah. It's still a bunch of friends that live in the same building and they all still go to the same coffee shop. And it's called friends oh so, my gosh and then she said and then i auditioned for that show and i didn't get the part oh, no. <laughs> of, of the part that i it was the same part i played basically in singles and i didn't get the part on the tv show oh no so, that sucks yeah so that's sheila kelly she tells the whole story about it it's very interesting too anyway guys uh reminiscing on in case you guys missed a couple episodes and you this piques your interest go back and listen to sheila kelly yeah, she's a absolutely. delightful listen as well what is the show or movie that inspires you so I would have to say Dream Girls. I mm. that oh actually I have two. Dream okay. Girls and Burlesque. I one love Beyonce and I also love Christina Aguilera. So when those two were in a movie, for you bet I was the first one at the <laughs> cinema. Uh but I I'm just so captivated by the story in both. Not that it's I wouldn't say that it was an incredible story, you know, like it, it was based on a lot of female group, like Dream Girls was based on a lot of groups that happened right. in, in America, Motown. But it was just so inspiring to me just from the glitz and the glamour. And this, I, I'm a sucker for stories like that, you know, the Hollywood, the Hollywood stories. And I just loved the music in both, in both movies. So I think those, those movies are really, really inspiring to me. Excellent. Well, I think those are both very fun. And, and they, you know, as someone yourself that grew up wanting to be a singer and you are a singer, I mm-hmm. would, I would, those make total sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that scene where Christine Aguilera is like in her, in that restaurant and she's like, no, nah, I'm leaving. You know, I totally related with that because that was exactly how I felt. I would be cleaning, <laughs> I would be right. mopping the floors in a restaurant and blasting the music and singing along to it. So I, I always related to that movie and. I, yeah, I just absolutely love those, those movies. Amazing. Well, thank you for those recommendations. We will take those under consideration. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, if you want to get more breakfast stuff, such as pics of Nina Baumer and I enjoying our breakfast from Nesmon Cafe, go to my website, brentpope.com. You can listen to all the breakfast episodes there. You can see clips from all my TV appearances. And finally, you demanded it, the official breakfast store with a bunch of fun stuff, shirts, mugs, stickers, masks, perfect for any time of the year. People of Earth, do yourself a favor by picking up something from the breakfast store. You'll be so glad you did. On social media, you can hit me up on Instagram at Scoops Pope. Give me a follow, and if you have a breakfast question, ask away. Make sure you also follow my Facebook actor page. And if you like the show, please subscribe, leave us a review, share it with friends. Breakfast is being enjoyed all over the United States and in 37 other countries covering six continents. And trust wow. me, my omelet omnivores, my coffee cohort, we are just getting started. Special thanks to my editor, the one and only Rosemary Brown, for all the breakfast slicing and dicing. Much appreciate. Big ups also to my studio engineer, Daniel Erickson, for making me sound so good. Nina Baumer, what is next for you? And where can we find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram as Nina Baumer. And all my other social media is Nina Baumer. My TikTok, my Instagram, my YouTube, my Spotify, everything's Nina Baumer. Uh, but what is next? I mean, hopefully live music comes back and I'll be able to announce 
shows very, very soon. But in terms of releasing music, I am releasing my EP in July. So it'll be Breakdown Baby and then one other special song. And along with the EP, I'm releasing, I've already released two, three music videos. So every song will have a music video. Excellent. (laughs) So it's been a lot of work going into it, but I'm very, very excited to release these. Cool. Well, I'm glad we got to do this, Nina Baumer. You're delightful. Uh, I loved having breakfast with you. I love talking with you about Australia and music and all that cool stuff. And uh, hopefully I will see you soon. You know, if you have a show in L.A., I will be there. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much for having me. It was such a delight getting breakfast. <laughs> I love saying that. <laughs> breakfast with you as well. And yeah, thank you so much. I hope we can chat again soon. Excellent. Uh, we will make that happen. And with that, we put another Hogglepuff-worthy episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope in the old to-go bag. See ya. <laughs>